What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Rants and Revelations. It has been a hot minute since I did the last episode because I was on tour, but now I'm back home. It's probably been seven or eight weeks, I guess. I think, anyway. I mean, I did that little episode right after the Silver Spring show. We had a day off. I came home for like a day and I did like a quick episode then. Uh, but other than that, you know, I haven't been home. So, uh, yeah. How is everyone doing? I hope you're doing well. I know you can't respond because you're listening to this and I'm not actually there, but I hope you're doing good is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so, yeah, where do we even start? It's been a long couple of months. Good couple of months, though. Um, tour was rad. I guess I'll just start at the beginning. I think I probably mentioned this in that little episode that was like two days into tour, but <clears throat> it was very weird. Like, at the beginning of the tour, I was super anxious um, because I just hadn't played a show. You know, I always feel anxious at the beginning of a tour. Uh, it takes me a few days to kind of get used to everything. But I feel like it was definitely amplified uh, just because I hadn't done it in years, literally, because of COVID. Um, God, I'm so tired of talking about COVID, to be honest. I just want it to be over. Like, I know it's I guess it's like never going to be over, but I don't know. It was just like, uh, it's just, you know, the tour was great, but I don't know. I'm still worried that touring is going to be slow to come back in full. I mean, shit, like no one's really going to Europe yet. And like, that's a huge market. If you're a touring musician, especially in the genres I do, that's like 50% <clears throat> of the market is like going to Europe. So it's like, I don't know. We'll see though. I'm optimistic, but, uh. You know, it's weird. Like, our tour was super strict about the COVID restrictions. Um, I think it's kind of because when it started, too, things were, like, not really bad. Like, not as bad as they had been, obviously, in the last couple of years. But they were still kind of strict. And a lot of states still had, like, mandatory, like, uh, mask mandates and stuff. But I'd say, like, a month into it, the country in general seemed to kind of, like, get relaxed a bit on the restrictions and then a couple other tours started while our tour was already underway and i saw these people on these other tours like on social media doing stuff out in public and like going to gyms and stuff like i i saw craig reynolds going to a gym and he even we had a day off like really close by to that tour and he was like dude let's hit a gym and i was like dude i like can't i'm like not supposed to like i can't believe their tour but then i guess some people on that tour got covid i don't know the thing is, ours was, like, really strict, and I'm kind of thankful for that in that, like, no one got COVID except for one person in Killswitch Engage. They got it. They had to go quarantine for, like, five days or something. Uh, some of the guys in ABR and Francesco from Light the Torch learned a bunch of Killswitch songs, and they all filled in until he tested negative and he could fly back. But he is the only one that got it. And I don't know. I mean, it sucked at times, like... Literally, after we left our bus or bandwagon, we had to have a mask on anytime in the venue. We were encouraged to wear them in our own green room. We weren't really allowed to hang out with the other bands. Obviously, like that rule kind of got like it was like a loose rule, you know. I mean, it was strict, but like when I would see Griner and <clears throat> other guys and stuff, we'd hang. And we also like really were encouraged to not uh, eat out or go to restaurants. I know some guys on the tour did, but um, 
our camp was like really strict about it and we didn't do that. Like we got food to go, if anything. The only time we would eat out is if it was like nice out and it was like an out outside seating kind of thing. And one time me and Woody ate inside a restaurant, uh, but it was like totally empty. And that's why we did it. Um, speaking of, Woody is uh he was the front of house engineer and also our tour manager. And I had never toured with him, but we have a lot of like mutual acquaintances and friends. He worked for many, many, many years for the Black Dahlia murder. Um, and now his main gig is doing front of house for Trivium. So we obviously like know a lot of the same people, but we just never met or toured together. And I fucking love that guy. He rules. He is such a good TM and he's a remarkably good front of house engineer. Let me tell y'all, having a good front of house engineer is like the cat's pajamas, like for real. I mean, I've been fortunate, I feel like, in that a lot of the bands that I've played with or toured with regularly have had really good front of house engineers. Like Brandon Cagle, the front of house engineer for uh, Whitechapel, is inc- incredibly good, like super good. I always felt so confident going on stage. That's the thing, like... Having a good front of house engineer is is seriously like an extension of the band because if if you trust them, you know that no matter how bad the PA system is and no matter how bad the room might be, that they are out there and they're going to make it sound as good as humanly possible for that room. And I felt very much that way with Woody, and that is such a relief, like to know because that that shit crosses my mind all the time when I'm performing, like. <laughs> When I'm on stage, half the time I think, like, I wonder how this sounds out front. And that's very much how I kind of approach drums in general. I mean, I think I've talked about this before, but, like, the way I play drums is, like, I think a lot about how it's translating. And I think that's just come from recording myself so much. Um, But, yeah, so having a good uh, front of house engineer is just, like, it makes you feel so much more confident going out on stage. Uh, And then in addition to that, Woody was just a fucking great TM, really on top of stuff, and also was just, like, a super sick guy. Like, he fucking rules. We hung out constantly, and, like, I I chilled with him, I think, probably the most because a lot of the time, you know, he would have, like, his computer rig set up in the green room, or there's sometimes, uh, these venues, some of them were huge, and it was, like, there's a production or overflow area where, you know, if the green room is a little bit small, I would set up my warm-up kit in there, and that's where he would be sometimes. So I would always be kicking it with him. Uh, And then on days off, uh, we always got a day room, which if you're not a touring person, that just means uh, you get a hotel, but like no one ends up sleeping in it. You just get a hotel room basically for the day so everyone can go in and shower. And I noticed quickly, for some reason, like most of the guys in Light the Torch don't really use the day room. They use it to shower. like They go in and shower... But then they like go back to the bandwagon and like watch TV on there and chill or whatever. Um, so a lot of the times I would just go up into the day room and like like sit up on the bed with the TV on and like work on my laptop in my lap. And Woody would always be up in there on the desk. So, um, you know, I would end up chilling with him for like the whole afternoon or evening into the night. And that was great. I mean, I loved hanging with him. So it was awesome. Um, the tour itself, I guess I'm like starting in a weird place, but the tour itself was so sick. Like the shows were incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't say enough good things about that. It's also like, 
it's really weird, man. Like, I don't know. Sometimes when I was playing, I'd like look up and be like, damn, that's like Howard Jones. Like, that's funny as hell. Like I hella loved, you know, end of heartache. And back in the day, I listened to so much kill switch, like his era, especially. And, you know, so it was just kind of weird. Like I didn't really think about it much and I never like fanboyed out to him at all. Um, cause you know, he's just a person, but it was kind of cool. Like there were times on stage where I'd be like, huh, this is kind of neat. Um, but yeah, in general, the shows were great. People really love Howard. It's wild. Like I knew he was a popular vocalist, but like, damn, there were like Howard chants like every night. Um, but yeah, I don't even know, man. It's hard to like jump into talking about, you know, eight weeks of your life or whatever it was. And I guess it was like six weeks, but after the rehearsal and kind of decompressing a bit when I first got home, it's been like eight weeks since I did one of these. But uh, yeah, it definitely was good. And in general, I definitely felt better than I really have since the pandemic started. Um, because for the first time in a couple of years, I was like, ah, shit, like I'm touring and working and playing shows. And this is like what I was doing before the pandemic. So, um, that was like incredibly nice. I, I do really well on tour. Like, I mean, okay, let me take that back. I don't always do well on tour, but the lifestyle, I feel like it suits me like having some structure. I think I've talked about this before too. When I'm home, I feel like I'm not ever doing enough because like I'm my own boss and I can just make my own rules and shit. But on tour, you know, there's like a schedule and there's stuff I have to do. And I don't know. I do better with that. It's hard for me. I'm. It's time management. It didn't used to be as hard for me. But I think in the pandemic, like something changed where like I got too used to having too much time and it became harder for me to properly manage my time. So that's something I'm trying to improve on now that I'm home, um, especially because I've felt generally better overall. So like you know, I'm more motivated to do stuff. I've also already been to the gym like three times since I got home and, uh, that already feels great. I'm so excited to be able to go to the gym again. It's too bad, you know, on tour, like the, the light, the torch material is the kind of material where like, if it wasn't for the restrictions, uh, I would have been going to the gym during the day and then coming and playing the show because like the material is not so insane that I can't still do it well, you know, even if I'm a little bit tired from the gym. But unfortunately, you know, that wasn't an option because we weren't really supposed to go to the gym. And again, we just wanted to do our best to follow the rules because we also knew we were going to be tested pretty regularly and stuff. So none of us wanted to risk anything, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't even know. Where, well, what else am I trying to say? I don't know. Let me think of a, what else happened anything oh you know what i also want to mention our driver for the bandwagon mike he ruled um he plays i can't remember the name of his band but he is such a sick dude and after like the second day when i was talking with him and kind of getting to know him i i was so relieved like a week into the tour i was like holy shit our driver is like a smart competent human being that is like caring and decent and you know I trust him to not kill us, <laughs> you know, because that was another thing. I, I think to anyone out there listening to this. So we were in a bandwagon. It is not a bus. And honestly, I don't want to say I hate bandwagons because like they are better than a van without a doubt. 
but they're really sketchy, in my opinion. Uh, it's like this weird loophole, because basically, if you're touring in a bus, a driver has to have an actual CDL, like an, a bus license, you know, for driving like a big vehicle like that. So they're licensed for it. They have proper training, and there's all these restrictions and guidelines like that they have to follow. But because of that, it's more expensive. You know, like you have to pay those drivers more. And there are certain rules. Like it used to not be this way in the states. It was always like this in Europe since I've been touring anyway. But when I first started touring in the states, it wasn't this way. But it became this way uh, with bus drivers. Like if there's a drive that's too long. Uh, you either have to pay them like extra to do like an overtime drive, uh, which I think they can only do like one or two of a month or something, or you have to get what is referred to as a double driver, which is when the band literally has to pay to fly in another driver, so that way when the other driver like reaches his time limit, which I guess is like all monitored on like some kind of tablet, you know, um, the other driver can take over basically. Um, so it's like there's a lot of rules. So obviously that's an expense right there too, like to have to pay overtime for a long drive, or to have to get a double driver that's booking flights and paying another driver, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and then of course you just have to you know pay those drivers more in general, and a bus is more expensive to rent you know daily than a bandwagon because it's a lot bigger. Um, I mean bandwagons are pretty big, but they're not as big as a bus. So by a long shot. But uh, yeah, basically, bandwagon doesn't require any of that. A anybody can drive a bandwagon. Like, it's like got to be one of the biggest vehicles that you can drive with like a standard license still. You know, there's no specialty license needed for it. So you can just like, you know, if you were a band and you had the budget to like rent a bandwagon for a tour, you could just hire your buddy, you know, down the road to be the driver and he could have no experience and the thing is thankfully i don't think you know random friends <laughs> i feel like most people would like not really want to do that job because it's a grueling job like driving sucks it's like you sleep during the day and you know then you have to wake up when everyone else is like getting ready for bed and like drive really far and there was a stretch on that tour where like it was a bunch of really long night drives like back to back you know eight to 10 hour drives for like a week. And there was a ton of that shit. And that's what I was afraid of going into doing another bandwagon tour. I was like, dude, if we get a driver that's like, I don't know, sketchy or something, like I'm going to be terrified because I've experienced that. When I was in the faceless, we, we had a driver and uh, he was a really nice guy, but he was like a little bit weird. And he, he had some issues like he, he hadn't been driving professionally really for very long at all. And again, I don't even know if you can call it professionally because like, uh, you know, anybody can do it. It's like, I don't know. So anyway, he started like telling us that he was falling asleep at the wheel and shit. And he was like, yeah, I fell asleep at the wheel last night. And I was just like, what? Like, this is terrifying. And, you know, at, on that tour, I remember so many times like hitting rumble strips and just being like, are we about to die? Like, and ultimately, he actually, you know, he he knew he was struggling, so he quit, and we actually ended up switching into a van, and then a couple days later, that's the tour I was on where we hit the moose when I was in the faceless and totaled the van, and then we switched into cars, <laughs> so that sucked. But uh, anyway, like, 
and my point is with bandwagon, like anybody can drive them, and I think that's super sketchy. Like it's such a big vehicle, and it's weird because a lot of people that like take bandwagons, they act like the driver is still like, you know, this separate entity. But to me, they're not. With a bus, it's different because it's like this licensed driver. Uh, it's just a different vibe. But with a bandwagon, it's like, oh, I don't know if y'all heard that. The buzzer for my laundry went off. But anyway, the uh, you know, bandwagon's just a different vibe. And you know, to me, our driver, who Mike was our driver on this tour, and I was so relieved that he was a good driver. And on top of that, he was a sick dude. Like I would hang out with him and I did hang out with him a lot. Me and Woody and him hung out all the time on the days off. Um, anytime he was like still awake before he had to like, you know, we'd get to a place and he usually wouldn't go to sleep right away. He might go get food. So I would try to hang with him then and, um, stuff like that. He's a super rad guy. And I was so relieved that we had a competent driver. I mean, I could go on about this for like another hour. Cause like, I don't know. I just think bandwagon is very sketchy in that sense. But um, I also the thing about bandwagon that does suck is you know those things don't have an air air suspension, so like they ride really rough compared to a a bus. And I was a little bit worried about that. Um, but Fran and Ryan and Howard taught me a pro move before the tour. They were like, you got to get an extra mattress topper pad, and I did. Uh, my mom actually bought it for me. I mentioned it to her and I've kept forgetting to order it And like a classic mom. She bought me a, like a really nice one. And, uh, I will say like having that extra memory foam, like on top of the mattress pad in my bunk already made it ride a lot smoother. And I was actually, you know, I slept well, I slept, you know, pretty consistently every night on tour. And also because, you know, after the first few days and I got to know Mike and I felt confident and that I trusted him, uh, I slept really good because I wasn't worried about dying. And uh, yeah, so that was great. Um, bandwagon is, uh, I don't know, they the one we had at least was super shot, though. It was like falling apart. I mean, there was a time I actually even fixed it. One of the bays was like flying open and it wouldn't stay locked. The bays are like the things underneath, you know, like the frame on the sides where you can like store luggage in on the outside. And uh, I had to take like a bungee cord and like screw like a screw through it into this thing and then wrap it around the frame. I mean, Mike probably would have done it, but I he had just done like a super long drive in snow and stuff. And I know he was tired and needed to get some sleep. So I was like, I'll I'll try to fix this. And um, and that's the other thing, like, you know, technically, it's not really his job to fix it either. Like he when you're licensed for a bus, it's it's different. You that. There's different responsibilities, but like just because Mike's the driver, it's not. I don't know. There's a really weird gray area with bandwagon, and I just think it's way sketchy. I I hope to not have to do that many tours in a bandwagon. I mean, I would always do it over a van, but I don't like bandwagons. I think that you know, it's like it's like this intermediate thing that's like good when you're in a band that's like trying to get to be able to tour in a bus, I guess, but. I don't know, man. It's just sketchy. I don't like the whole driver thing, but uh, whatever. You know, I'm very relieved that I had a place to sleep um, and that I felt safe and all that jazz. So, and to be honest, the reason I'm going off on this so much is because that's a huge thing for me. Like, that was one of my biggest worries before this tour. So, to get out there and like 
have it not be a worry was monumental for me. It made everything better. So uh, shout out to Mike. He fucking rules. Um, you know, and he doesn't really want to keep doing driving. He was just kind of like doing it. He's done it a few times as like a way to make money. Um, but he's in a band and, you know, his band signed to some label and he showed me some. It's pretty good, actually. So, you know, I hope his band gets successful. He's too good of a guy and too sick of an actual musician to be driving too much more, in my opinion. So, uh, but at the same time, I'm very thankful he was the driver. So, um, what else? Let's see. So Woody and Mike ruled Zach, their crew guy. I fucking love that guy. He is hilarious. And I don't even know what to say about him. I just immediately was like, this guy fucking rules. Uh, I don't, I don't even know where to start. Fucking goddamn. Yeah. Everything was sick. Tour was great. So, yeah, I mean, and everything else was good, too. Like, I got along great with everyone. Uh, Fran and Ryan and Howard are all incredibly nice. Um, I think that they liked me a lot. They loved being on in-ears and stuff. Uh, so that was all sick. And they their gear is all at a storage unit, like, a mile from my house right now. So, like, it's safe to say that, you know, I'm going to be continuing to work for them uh, on their next tours and stuff. And... Yeah, so I'm happy about that. I'm glad to have work, and yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, it was tight. Good tour. Uh, I chilled with Griner as much as I could. I also really liked his drum tech, Spencer. That guy fucking ruled. Uh, ABR's front of house guy, Chris, ruled. Markides was on the tour. Alex Markides, who does sound for Kill Switch. He also uh, does sound for Periphery, who I know and I've toured with a bunch of times before, so that was sick. Um, and just the amenities were sick, you know, like, I don't know. It was great opening again. I hadn't done an opening tour in a while, so it was nice to like, uh, we'd play and I would try to pack up as quickly as I could. And usually I'd get done like fully packing up by like, you know, barely halfway into ABR's set. And that includes like getting my warm up case packed up and taking that to the trailer too. And I could usually do all that and get showered by like halfway through ABR set. And then because we weren't really allowed to like hang out and do anything with people, I would just camp up in the green room with my laptop. And for the rest of ABR set, then there would be a 30 minute changeover. And then uh, Kill Switch would play for like an hour and 10 minutes, I think. So every, every night I basically had a couple of hours to like work on my computer and stuff. Um, and then obviously sometimes I didn't like, I would just chill and talk with people. Um, but it, you know what the most bizarre thing is, is that I, I keep a better schedule on tour than I do at home. Like on tour, I was getting in my bunk at like 12 or 1230 at the very latest, like one. And then I would kind of like be awake in my bunk for a while using my phone and stuff, you know, but I was always going to sleep by like two or two thirty. But at home, like right now, it's 4.13 in the morning, and there's no reason for me to be up right now. It's just like, I don't know, on tour I get way more tired way more quickly. I think the social interaction wears me out, but then also, I don't know, you know, you're setting stuff up, and you have, like, I have a million things to keep track of on tour, and this tour especially, you know, we use my laptop, and... uh, I pretty much set up the ears rack for the most part, which wasn't you know, anything crazy. I basically just had to like plug this drum loom in and I would set up these antennas and stuff. And, 
but yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff for me to do on tour, you know, and yeah, I don't know. I would just be so tired at the end of the day, but I like that. And speaking of being tired, that reminds me in my Patreon, one of the guys posted something in February when I was on tour and said that I should talk about it. Yeah, Khan. So in my Patreon Discord chat, Khan said, he said this when I was on tour at some point and said I should just talk about it on my next episode. He said, I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm extremely sleep deprived to the point that it's giving me an anxiety episode, so might as well make a podcast question. Alex, I know you're a night owl. Do you ever get overly exhausted and have trouble falling asleep? Yeah, I remembered when he asked that on tour, and then he told me I was going to answer it in the Discord, but then he was like, ah, just do it in the podcast when you get home. So here we are. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I feel like I know what you're talking about. So in, in, I mean, I feel like most of the people listening to this are just in my Discord anyway. But, like, he was also talking, like, a night or two ago that, you know, he's had, like, insomnia Con, I I almost think, like, I don't know, like, maybe you do have insomnia. Like, maybe you need to, like, see a doctor for it or something, you know, because, like, it's a thing, you know. But in the case of just being too sleep deprived and being so tired that then you kind of, like, can't fall asleep, it does happen to me. I feel like at that point, I usually... Well, okay, for starters, it depends on how stressed and anxious I am, too, you know? If I'm super anxious, I've definitely had issues sleeping. Um, But I find, personally, that I have a harder time, if I'm really anxious, I have a harder time staying asleep than falling asleep. Like, a lot of the times I'll fall asleep, but I just won't be able to stay asleep. I'll wake up really early and have trouble falling back asleep then. Um, That's usually my biggest problem. On tour, there were a few nights that, like, I was really tired, but then I stayed up for a while on my phone in my bunk, and then by the time I actually was like, all right, I need to go to sleep, I had a hard time going to sleep, you know, but I just kind of, when I get in that headspace, I usually will listen to music, or I just try to sit really still um, and, and just focus on my breathing, almost like meditating, I guess, and just take deep breaths and try to sit really still, not move my body, and uh, you know, just try to focus on my breath, basically, and just do that for as long as I possibly can. And nine times out of ten, if I do that, you know, after I don't even know how long, I do eventually fall asleep. Now, whether or not I'll stay asleep is another issue, but um, I will also say I have, you know, for the last, I would say, year and a half, two years now, I've been taking uh, a one-to-one ratio CBD-THC every night. Let's see. I have it right here in front of me. In fact, I should take some right now because I'm going to go to sleep after I do this. Here, I'm going to do it right now. Dropper's running out. I have another one somewhere. I know you can't hear it, but I just put three drops under my tongue. Um, and that's the thing with me, like this has active THC in it and keep in mind, I hate being high. Like I'm not a weed person, but this is almost like, I almost look at it as like microdosing. I don't know how much like, like, let's see, it says one to one in total. It has, you know, 
240 milligrams CBD, 60 milligrams CBDA, 240 milligrams THC, 60 milligrams THCA. Total cannabidioids, 600 milligram. I don't know if that's a lot. I don't really know much about it. All I know is that three or four drops, four at the most, like put me out, you know? And I don't ever feel high from it. The most I've felt is if I take it early enough, it kind of just like, I might get like a slight, slight body high without any head high. I just feel very relaxed. But for the most part, from what I can tell, it literally just kind of like helps me get tired. And if I take it like 40 minutes or 60 minutes before I go to bed, by the time I'm, I'm in bed, like I'm ready to pass out. Like I can barely keep my eyes open. And I feel like in some ways that's like a good use. Like, I, I mean, I think in general THC and marijuana products are like, have tons of medical benefits. I'm just not really into weed myself, like smoking, but the way I'm using it, I feel like is, is like a massively good way to do it. You know, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just like something to help. I don't know. It's something to help you sleep, you know, for me. Um, but I would, I don't know, Con, if you ever have, I mean, you live, don't you live in California? I think. Yeah. Yeah, you do. So, I mean, I know, you know, it's, uh, you know, legal there completely. And I don't know. I, I don't know if you smoke or not. Um, but even if you do, you know, I don't know, look into, I, I would recommend a CBD and, and not taking it with the intention of getting high or anything, you know, like with the active THC ones, but just taking it as a sleep aid. And that's the thing, like one of these little vials, man, will last me like fucking months because I take so little of it. Um, yeah, it's great. But yeah, I mean, and I remember he also was saying in a chat last night in the discord, like, Con, I remember you saying, you, you know, you haven't been working out as much, um, in recent months. And I mean, you know, if you're not doing as much physical activity, you might not need as much recovery time, but if it's more just that you can't fall asleep, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, stress can do crazy shit to the body. That's for sure. Um, I definitely have, have had a hard time sleeping when I'm stressed out. Um, yeah, but I do feel like it's gotten better in recent years. You know, I think in general, as I've gotten better at managing my own anxiety and depression, I've gotten better at sleeping, you know, being able to calm my mind long enough to fall asleep at least. And kind of can't remember how old you are, but I think you're around my age, if I remember correctly, maybe a little bit younger. But yeah, like, I don't know. You know, it's funny now that I'm thinking about it. I remember when I was in Good Tiger, the, before the first tour we did, I was staying in Europe. We were like doing some music videos and some press stuff. And like, I was over there for a while before the tour even started. And in general, during that whole period of my life, I was a wreck. Like I was super depressed. And I remember this one day we were supposed to wake up to like go practice or something. And I remember like, I just couldn't fall asleep. And it got to a point where it was like, it's like five in the morning. And I texted the group chat and I was like, guys, I know you're all asleep, but like, I cannot, you know, I was staying at Morgan's house at the time, I think. And I was just like, I can't fall asleep. Like I'm trying. I've been tossing and turning for hours. 
you know, can we start practice later tomorrow? Because at this rate, even if I do fall asleep now, I'm only going to get like five hours of sleep. And I remember like they were cool about it, you know, but I haven't had many experiences like that in a long time. Like I can't really remember anything since then where like, you know, that period of my life, at least where I was, I've been so stressed out and, and anxious and depressed really that I was unable to sleep. I feel for me, like it's depression more than anything. Um, that really makes it harder for me to sleep, but yeah, I guess that's a sign that it's been better in recent years. I mean, even during the pandemic, when I was really depressed, I, I didn't really have such a hard time sleeping. Uh, but I think that was mostly because I don't know, I was just home and very much in my comfort zone, you know, and I don't know, it was almost like there was nothing else to do but sleep, you know? So I would just, even if I couldn't sleep, there was like no worry, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, I wasn't worried about getting enough sleep because I didn't have to do anything half the time, you know, cause there was so much time, especially during quarantine and all that shit. So, um, but yeah, man, I mean, it definitely happens. I, I think that there are certain sleep aids that can help. Um, I know a friend of mine also takes melatonin regularly. I sometimes take melatonin even when I'm home. The key to melatonin is not taking too much because a lot of people think like, oh, I just want to get knocked out. So I'm going to like take a bunch of melatonin. That's actually not, if you read about melatonin, it's like if you, people are, you know, some people are more sensitive to it than others. And according to a friend of mine who is very intelligent, he's a piano player. I haven't talked to him in ages now, but his name's Savino. And uh, I remember he was talking to me about it. He used to have really bad insomnia. Um, he's like a jazz fusion guy from around here. I met him through my friend Max Phelps many, many years ago. Max, of course, uh, he played in Cynic and like Death to All, and he's, his band Exist was my local band as a teenager. But um, Savino was a friend of his that he met, you know, I guess through doing you know, cause Max also does like jazz fusion stuff as well as metal. And, uh, at some point I started talking to him and we used to have long conversations on Facebook chat and he was a really cool guy. I haven't talked to him in years now, but, uh, I remember him having really bad insomnia and he was telling me that like, we had a long conversation about this. I totally have not thought about this in years, but, uh, he would literally just like take melatonin, but like, like almost none, like two milligrams or something. And for uh, according to him, some people like you have to like dial in the dose of melatonin that you take for you, because apparently he, he said that if you take too much, it can almost have like the adverse effect where like it keeps you up, like it stimulates you in a different way, which doesn't really make sense to me. But like, apparently it's a thing. I don't know. Look it up and read about it. But so he consistently took it every night, but like a super tiny amount. And even when I take it, I take like three milligrams, you know, I don't even take five, like a lot of the, or not even three. It's like a 2.5. I have this, these melatonin gummies and I take them on tour. I always take them with me to Europe, especially too. And I take them like the first few nights when I'm trying to adjust. Um, but I don't even take, you know, it's a serving is two gummies. It's like a for a total of five milligrams, but I don't even take that much. I just take one. So it's 2.5 and that's usually enough to kind of like help me there. And, um, especially if I do that and the CBD, like, which I, I wasn't doing the CBD back when 
the last time I was in Europe. I've only, that's a relatively new thing for me last couple of years, but, um, yeah, uh, that really helps. And then I also, I think I've talked about this publicly before, but I take an anxiety medication, um, an SSRI, a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, which is pretty goddamn common. I feel like I know we've talked about it in, uh, the Patreon discord chat, but, um, yeah, I mean, mine apparently drowsiness is like a side effect. So I take that, um, at night and I, when I first started taking it, I took it during the day and like after I got up and then I think it was my friend Griffin, a guy I know here from like high school and stuff. He, he was the one that was like, dude, it has like a drowsy side effect. Like you should just take it at night. And then I was like, oh really? I didn't even know. So I started taking it at night. Um, but I just figure, I don't know if that actually does anything to help my sleeping, but I don't know, you know, the CBD has definitely been the most helpful for me. I feel like I'm just ranting now about the same thing, but yeah, it is sometimes hard for me to fall asleep if I'm really stressed out or depressed, but I do feel like the focusing on my breath and and trying to just like sit really still, that usually does it for me if I'm also, you know, uh, taking the CBD stuff and, and all that. But I mean, another thing is it's weird. You know, when I fall asleep, I like, I can fall asleep on my side, but very rarely. Like, I think I've only ever completely fallen asleep on my side, like a dozen times in my life. I usually have to fall asleep laying on my back with just my arms at my sides. Um, and then it's weird because once I fall asleep, if I wake up later or if I wake up in the morning, you know how you like wake up and you're like, Oh, I don't have to get up yet. So you go back to sleep. I can fall back asleep on my side with no problem. But as long in terms of like, like falling asleep from scratch, when I first lay down to go to sleep, I have to be on my back. Um, I think the only times I've fallen asleep on my side is when I'm like super exhausted. And I only, I, if I do sleep on my side, I sleep like with my right ear down. Um, so yeah, I hate sleeping on the other side. It's so weird. It's weird that like different people like sleeping in different positions. I don't know. It's just some weird shit, you know, life and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, uh, Sleep is weird, dude. I hope I don't have a hard time sleeping tonight now because now I'm like thinking about it a whole lot. But yeah, you know, um, Con, I would say if, if you don't get some improvement, you know, well, for starters, tell me in the discord at some point if you do the CBD of any kind, even if it doesn't have active THC, I don't know, maybe you'd be a good candidate for just regular CBD. I mean, who knows? Um, I would do some research on melatonin and finding like a, a dosage that works for you. It does not necessarily have to be much. Um, I mean, doing things like meditating never hurt. I mean, I'm not a big meditator or anything. I, I think when I'm sleeping and like kind of focusing on my breath and sitting really still, I feel like that's like the closest thing I do to meditation aside from like, I do feel like sometimes when I'm in a drum zone, there's like a very similar element there in terms of like uh, being very present, you know, that kind of feeling that people get when they meditate, I guess, um, is something I can relate to from drums, but I don't really ever otherwise sit down and meditate, but I do think that meditation is probably very helpful and could potentially also be a good thing for sleeping. 
Um, and then past that, you know, if you're really stressed, anxious, depressed, uh, I definitely always recommend going to a therapist. And then after all of this, you know, there is always a chance that there is some kind of genetic predisposition for, you know, something that is, you know, like insomnia is like, I don't know a ton about it, but like, I know some people, it's like a thing, you know, people cannot sleep and they go long, long periods without sleeping, you know, which is almost insane because, you know, literally if you don't sleep past a certain point, you can go insane, you know? So like, it's, it's bizarre that some people like have such a hard time doing it, but you know, if it, if it persists for a whole lot longer at that point, especially if you've tried a few things, then I would, uh, go to an actual doctor and try to like, you know, see if it might be something else, you know, but, um, you know what else is interesting is like in my mid to late twenties, I started getting like heartburn and indigestion for the first time in my life. <laughs> it's the one thing I hate about like getting a little older is like, I remember being like 26 and being like, what is this feeling? Like I'd never experienced it before. And then I got, and somebody was like, dude, you just have like heartburn. Like you ate food too close to when you were sleeping and you laid down and the acids like coming up your esophagus or whatever. And I was like, holy shit, that's what that is. Um, for me, the only thing that ever works when I uh, had that would be Pepto-Bismol. And it didn't have to be a lot, but just like a little bit. And I know that some people like hate Pepto-Bismol, but I fucking love the way it tastes. <laughs> I love that shit. But you can't take it that often. Like it's not, you know, I think there's like they don't recommend you taking it very much. And that's a very old, old drug. Um, it's been around a long time. But anyway, uh one thing that really helped with all that is the CBD THC that I take, like just two or three, like, dude, I think since taking that stuff the last couple of years, even if I eat like close to when I'm sleeping, which I don't recommend, like if, especially if it's something really heavy, I swear that shit just like helps with that shit. And whatever the drops I take, it seems to like calm my indigestion or whatever. If I get that. Um, it really has not been much of a problem since I started doing the CBD THC drops. So, um, and also for a while I was like, like all this stuff I have right now, I have like two or three vials of this stuff. Is that what it's called? A vial? I guess so. It's like a little dropper thing. Um, it, all the stuff I have is from California either. Like I bought a couple when I was in California on this tour and then during the pandemic and stuff, like. If I go a really long time without, you know, uh, getting anything or going on tour, like, uh, when I went out to California for something with light the torch during the pandemic, I bought some then. And then at one point during the pandemic, Cheney, uh, you know, Naveen Koperweiss's, uh, I guess now fiance, I don't know if they're married yet, but I know they were engaged, but anyway, they've been together forever and she's a friend of mine too. Um, she would mail me some, which was awesome. And so I just always had people that would like mail me some and I'd pay them or whatever. I'd get it on tour. Um, but Maryland, you know, it's like decriminalized and medical here. So like I was going to sign up for my own medical card, but then I just kind of was like, Oh, I'm going to move to Tennessee. Cause that was my plan up until I left Whitechapel. And um, so I, you know, didn't do it, but now that I'm not, uh, moving to Tennessee, uh, I might go ahead and do that. I've been meaning to do it this week. I just keep forgetting. But anyway, um, what the hell else was I talking about? 
I feel like there's so much more I wanted to talk about about the tour. Um, so I'm sure I'll get to that, but yeah, I mostly just wanted to say what's up. It's, I almost didn't do this episode tonight because like it was already getting late. Uh, but I was like, fuck it. I've been saying I'm going to do it for the last few nights. I'm just going to do it even if it's not crazy long. Um, but part of the reason I hadn't done it the last couple of nights night last night, I went out, uh, to a noob's house and originally I was just going to go up there for dinner and hang for a couple hours, but I stayed there for like seven hours. Like we chilled for a long time. And, uh, once his wife got home from work, her and I and him all talked and yeah, it was good. It was so good to see a noob. I love that guy. I mean, he's my best friend. So I just hadn't seen him in like six or seven weeks and I'd only texted with him here and there. At one point he called me <laughs> on a day off. Like we were going to catch up and chat while I was on tour. And I was just so shot. Like he was like, dude, are you all right? And I was like, dude, I'm just, yeah, I'm just tired. And he was like, dude, you know what? Let's just talk later. Cause like I felt bad after we got off the phone, actually, I was like, oh man. And it was like calling to like shoot the shit. And I was just like, I felt like my answers were like kind of shitty and stuff, but he, he also gets it. Like he knows how touring is. And sometimes on a day off, like you just want to be, you know, not talking or I don't know, especially for me, man, that was so weird at first, like going from the amount of isolation I had in the last couple of years to like being around people 24 seven. Um, it was definitely a challenge at times for me. I mean, everyone was cool, but it was just like a challenge from like an energy perspective. Maybe that's another reason I was going to sleep so much earlier, but, um, and then the nights, a couple nights before that, I, yo, this is kind of funny, but I got home and I was like, huh, I like, don't know what to do now on drums. Like, like what should I work on? You know? And it's kind of nice that like, I don't know. I feel like, you know, with Whitechapel and stuff, the material was so hard that even if I was off tour, I would still rehearse it periodically. But the light, the torch stuff isn't as physically demanding in that way. So I don't really need to do that. I mean, I might, you know, I don't even know when our next tour is, but like between when I did their live stream and then when it was established that I was going to do their tour after I left Whitechapel, I hadn't played their songs in like months like eight months or something. And I swear to y'all, like, uh, it's not that I, I didn't, it didn't come back instantly, but it, it was not, you know, I had to reprint out some of the sheet music, but it was like my muscle memory definitely clicked back in a lot quicker, which was really nice. So like, you know, I don't think I necessarily need to drill the material off tour the same way I have with other gigs. Um, so I was kind of thinking like, huh, what do I want to work on? And, I haven't totally figured it out yet. I've been actually, you know what? If anyone has a recommendation for like a music book to work out of, I've been wanting to like, I was, I need to look up if Annika Niles has a book. I think she has a book. I want to know if she has like a grooves book. Like I want to get more into like messing around in fives. Like there's a couple different licks I know that are like in five tuplet, like not just fills, but actual grooves but I want to like expand on that more. So I might do that sometime this week, like try to write out some interesting tuplet grooves and, uh, make a couple like, like specialized click tracks where I can kind of like, for me, when I'm working on that kind of thing, I have to have a click that's like got a very defined one, you know, like a different, like an accent for, you know, the 
downbeat and maybe some kind of permutation of upbeats. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely want to like work on my improv cause I pretty much like didn't do anything except play the light the torch songs on tour. So like right now I feel kind of like I suck. Like I I'm now that I've been able to just jam at home, I'm like, Oh man, there's like these fills that I haven't done in forever. Like I rem- remember them. So I'm like trying to kind of like just spend some time jamming and to a metronome as well as not. Um, and then I also want to make some new playthroughs for the record. I, I have like, uh, this Demon Borgir cover I'm going to upload this week. I have another Light the Torch cover or, you know, video. I mean, I played on the album, so I don't know if it's a cover, but I guess it is. So whatever. Um, I have another one of those. And then while I was on tour, because I had so much time to work on my computer, I finished preparing, removing the dead space and selecting the takes for all the other Whitechapel songs that I did drum videos for. And I've edited three out of the four of the videos Um, and I'm going to try to finish all those videos up in the next week. If you're in my Patreon discord or just on my Patreon, I'll probably go ahead as soon as I finish them and and post the Whitechapel videos for you guys to see. Um, but I probably won't post them publicly anytime too soon. I don't know. We'll see. But you know, I still kind of recently left that band and I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be weird about it. I mean, I'd like to think that they won't be, but who knows? I mean, but I'm really proud of that album. Um, and like, you know, I want to put the stuff up that I played, you know, especially some of the couple of the songs I did drum videos for. I really am proud of the drum parts I came up with and, you know, how they interact with the music itself. So, but yeah, I'll put those sooner in the Patreons and, and all that jazz. So I'll do that. Um, but yeah, I also have shout out to Confury, my boy, uh, he is, you know, in my Patreon and am I allowed to say this? I don't know. Basically he has a job and, or does something part-time that has given him access to a lot of album stems. And that's how I've gotten stems. Like really you have him to thank honestly for a lot of the stuff I've done covers of in the last year because like the let me look at my youtube i don't even remember what i've done oh shit the lakers played the wizards wow porzingis is a wizard now what the hell is that dude i didn't even know i've been missing out i was trying to keep up with oh shit that's too loud how do i stop it oh my god the internet um i kept up with the nba a little bit i did watch the all-star game that was sick um but oh man the lakers fucking suck this year dude lebron's putting up big numbers though which is pretty crazy considering his age but yeah man i mean anyway um wait what was i open up the internet for oh to go to my youtube i forgot hold on i didn't watch any basketball games but uh like on tour other than the all-star game which i only watched because we had a day off but uh anyway let's see um, yeah, so I guess starting with like the Slipknot cover, um, the Job for a Cowboy cover, are those the only two I've done so far that Confury gave me the stems for? I guess so. I could have sworn there was more. Huh, maybe not, but whatever. 
he's to thank for those two. That's for sure. Wait, wasn't there another one? I don't know. I can't remember. Whatever. It doesn't matter. He's sick. But yeah, I mean, he also sent me some other stims recently. Um, I transcribed, I just finished transcribing today a Black Dahlia Murder song. And, uh, oh, an Arch Enemy song. Um, the Arch Enemy song is like pretty easy. For some reason, I thought it would be harder, but then once I had transcribed the whole thing, I was like, oh, it's not as hard as I thought. But, I mean, it's not, like, super easy. It's, like, a little bit fast and stuff. I mean, not crazy. It's, like, 190-something. Um, but I just loved Arch Enemy back in the day, too. So, And I actually hit up Daniel Erlinson and was like, dude, do you mind if I cover this? And he was like, yeah, actually, I don't even know if I have the stims for that. So if you can send them to me. So uh, I got to do that. Actually, I need to make a note to do that right now because I keep forgetting. But um, which is kind of funny because it's like his band. But like, I guess it's been so long since that album came out. He doesn't know where their stems are for that stuff or something. But uh, so those are two that I'm working on right now. I really I've only just started work like today. I worked on the Black Dahlia song a little bit. I don't think it'll be crazy hard. I don't know. It has some hard parts. I also kind of wrote a couple fills in there too that were like harder than they needed to be. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's stuff I'm working on too to make some more videos. But I already have a few videos that I'm going to upload in the coming weeks and try to get started on that. And then I'm also, uh, I made a TikTok. I've done one TikTok. I like to call it Tic Tac. I'm a tic tacker now. I'm not really, but um, it was kind of fun, I guess. I can see the appeal, but I don't know. I've been also brainstorming some ideas on like streaming stuff, uh, stuff that I might want to do. I don't know. I need to I need to put a little more time into thinking it before I say anything else about it. But I'm definitely like I've had this weird worry and pressure in the last year of like feeling kind of like. I don't know, that I need to get more into certain newer social medias given my career pathway. Um, because like, I feel like I see other people having a lot of success doing certain things. And I don't know, man, there's just something about streaming that I, I never wanted to do that, dude. Uh, it's like, I don't know. There's something about it. I don't like that much. And I don't, I, you know what I think it is, is that I don't understand it. Like I don't, I remember the first time I saw somebody watching someone that was streaming. Like I went to my friend Alex's house and in the basement, they were like watching some guy stream a video game. And I was like, what are you doing? And they were like, yeah, we're watching him do a playthrough of this game. And I was like, I sat there with him for a minute and I was like, this is fucking dumb. Like, what are we doing? Dude, we're watching someone else play a video game. And I feel like such a grandpa when I say that, because like, I guess it's a thing that like a lot of people like, but like, I just don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess like you can watch someone, like if they have a lot of personality, it can be fun or funny. So I guess that's what it is, you know? But I guess there's something about that where I've just been like, dude, this is fucking bizarre. Like, I don't really understand it. Uh... So I've been trying to like force myself to understand it or just accept that like that's it. And maybe there's just something about it that I'm missing. Maybe I haven't watched enough of it to do that, you know, 
I don't know, man, it's fucking weird. But yeah, I just, I'll never forget that. Like going down there and being like, what is this? And then sitting there for a few minutes and being like, this is, I don't understand. I don't understand what we're doing right now. Like, this is weird. Like, I'll never forget that feeling. But Alec is like a gamer. Like he streams and I think he's starting to do pretty well with it. Um, I hope so. Anyway, Alec is like a, a dude I've known for a long time from here in Frederick and I've been meaning to have him on my podcast actually. So maybe I'll hit him up and, and, uh, see if he wants to do it just cause I think it'd be cool for like some of y'all to like, I don't know. I just want to have like a candid conversation with someone I've known for a really long time. I also want to have a noop on, but every time I hang out with a noop, we just like hang out and like, we don't want to do anything music related. You know what I mean? It's weird. Cause like we both do all this music stuff and obviously music like comes up every now and then we talk about it and stuff, but we also just like chill and, and don't talk about it. I think because we both do so much of that stuff, that's one thing we relate to is that like, we're always doing that stuff. So then when we hang, we know that neither of us at this point, like really need to talk about that. We can just talk about normal life stuff or whatever. Um, but ultimately, I mean, we always end up talking about something music related, but, but yeah, I mean, anyway, um, I feel like I had other stuff I wanted to say, but I don't remember what, there were definitely a couple topics, slightly more heavy topics I wanted to get into, but I'm not going to do it right now. I just wanted to say what's up to y'all. I'm going to be doing more episodes of the podcast. I think what I'm going to do is just choose a day of the week and force myself to, this is again, kind of going on with what I mentioned recently with like, or earlier in this episode with like trying to structure my time better. I want to pick a day of the week and just always do my podcast that day. Even if I don't feel like it, I'm just going to do it. And, you know, maybe you guys will just like hear what it's like if I don't feel like it, if that's the case. And, you know, cool, I guess. Um, so I, I was trying to figure out what day, though. Like, I don't know what day to do it. So maybe like if you're in my discord, tell me what day is a good day to do like something every week. Cause right now I just kind of do it randomly. So I think I'm going to choose a day, uh, just do it on that day every week, no matter what. And after that, I might do occasional more episodes if I feel like doing that, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, uh, would love to get an idea. I was either going to do like Monday or Friday. I feel like a day of the week is better, like a Monday or Tuesday or something, because like, I don't know, I feel like people like drive to work and stuff on the weekends. I feel like people are less likely to use their phones or do stuff like that, but maybe I'm wrong. I have no idea. Uh, I mean, I think everyone is using their phone all the time, really, but not literally, but you know, figuratively kind of everyone. We're all interconnected through technology, friends. Um, I also, well, whatever, I'm just going to shut up for now. You know what? This is already, it's already like almost five in the morning. This is way longer than I thought it was going to be actually. That's why it's called Ransom Revelations because all I do is rant about nothing. And you guys all listen to it. How about that? It's funny to me and maybe you, I don't know. I hope it's entertaining. I don't even know, dude. I don't even know, but I definitely feel like some of my earlier podcasts were structured better and I had more topics and I want to get back to that. It's not that I don't like just giving people updates on my life and stuff, but like there was originally when I started doing this, I kind of like had more of a plan of stuff I wanted to talk about. So I kind of want to get back to doing that. And that's again, kind of coming with trying to 
structure things a little bit better and do it more consistently and that sort of thing. So hopefully, uh, I can keep up with that and, uh, do, and don't disappoint y'all. So anyway, with that, I just wanted to say what's up for now and give you all a little quick update on life. And now that I'm home from tour, uh, I took like three or four days when I first got back, I drummed a little bit and went to the gym, but like I was trying to kind of stay off of, I don't know, doing anything too heavy musically and kind of just trying to give myself some space and, you know, which I'm really bad at. Even when I'm like trying to give myself some space to like relax, I still end up thinking about stuff. But, um, oh, you know what else? I got my 2020 tax return finally, two years later. How about that? Well, I got the state one like two years ago, but I got the federal one like three weeks ago, which is hilarious. But anyway, I don't know why I thought of that just now, but there it is. I was super stoked about it. Um, not that it was like a ton of money, but it was like a little bit. So I was very stoked. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's all for now. I'm going to go to sleep and stuff, but to all the homies in the Patreon discord that are listening to this, let me know what day of the week you think I should do the weekly episode. You know what I'm saying? Cause I don't really know what's best. Um, also, if you haven't, look at my TikTok and tell me how stupid that first video I put up is and if I should do more shit like that. Because that one was kind of fun. I need to think of a way to expand on that. The thing is, dude, I've seen people do stuff like that and like, it's like, like, uh, Petey. I don't know if anyone follows Petey. I think his username is like Petey USA or something. Hold on. Let me look it up. Hold on. It's on, I don't know if he's on TikTok. He's on Instagram. Uh... Let me find it. Hold on. I got to be sure because his videos are amazing. They're hilarious. There it is. P-E-T-E-Y underscore USA. He does like parody videos. He's a musician too, I guess, but like that's, I don't think his main thing, but his videos are hilarious. But when I watch them the whole time, I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude, for like a little comical video, how much time does this take? Cause like He's he does a bunch of like he plays all the characters in them, but he's got different outfits on the whole time. And it's like, dude, how many times does he have to change? And I just think of the amount of time he puts in to do them. And I'm glad he does it because they're hilarious and I fucking love them. But I'm just like, Jesus Christ, dude, like. I I don't want to, like. Do something where. That requires that much more like I already do a lot of other stuff and I don't know, man. So I'm just like, how do people make time for everything and have the motivation to do it? Like, I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm just getting old and I'm shot now, dude. No, I'm just kidding. But I am a little bit, but hopefully not too much. Anyway, tour was sick. I hope to go on tour again soon. We're waiting to hear or light the torch is waiting to hear about a few offers. Either way, I think I'll be home for a while, like a few months, most likely. Um, at some point, I might start looking at a house again and stuff, but... I'll talk about that more in the next episode because I have some thoughts, but I'll talk about it next time. For now, I'm going to go to sleep. Thank you all for listening. Check out Petey because he's sick. And also, uh, somebody tell me how to be better at TikTok because I, I still don't really get it. But anyway, y'all are amazing and sick and hella mad, hella sweet. And thank you for listening. As always, I'm glad to be home. Uh... I feel so ADHD right now, but I'm just going to shut up and get off. So have a great evening or morning or day wherever you are. Much love, and I'll talk to you soon.